0: Welcome to a bonus episode of the Encourage podcast. We love sharing new books with you. And today, Encourage community manager Becky Keefe talks with one of our favorite authors. Listen as they have a conversation that's sure to encourage your heart and learn more about a book we love. Hi Encourage family, it's Becky Keefe. I am back for another special episode of Books We Love and you guys know how much I love talking to authors and giving you the behind the scenes of some amazing resources to help encourage your faith and today I am here with a new friend, Heather Hare, who is the author of a beautiful new devotional from our friends at spring called It's All Good, 90 Devotions to Embrace Your Now. Welcome to the Encourage podcast, Heather. Thank you, Becky. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm glad to have you. Um, Would you just tell us a little bit about like who you are and where you live and like what what life looks like for you right now? Yeah, of course.
1: I'm in Texas, uh, married to my husband, Jack, and um, we live kind of close to Austin um, and I work a lot. I, I write a lot. Um, I also do video production. So I'm, I'm the director and producer of a documentary that's going to be coming out soon called Unbound. Um, and that's taking up a lot of my time because it's about the history of the Bible, like how we got the Bible. Yeah, for real. I thought it was kind of going to be a simple story, but it's really deep and pretty complex. So it's been fun to research and learn about. And I can't wait to share that story with viewers uh, when the documentary comes out.
0: Well, that sounds amazing. Um, so, I'm really excited to check out Unbound. When is that gonna When is that gonna be available for viewing? Are you still like in the full blown production mode? We are.
1: We're still filming, and um, so it's not gonna be out for another year or so. But um, yeah, it'll be good when it when it does. Okay, <laughs> I'm so trying to make it all, entertaining.
0: Yeah, we will all stay tuned for that. Um, but let's talk about your new devotional. I want to start with the title. It's all good uh-huh. because, yeah. to be honest, Heather. I think most of us look at the world at the world right now and we think it is not all good. Like Mm -hmm. there is so much heartache and brokenness both globally and in our own lives. Um, So (laughs) so tell us about why, why this title, what does it's all good mean to you?
1: Yeah. I mean, when you look at the world today or even lives, uh, it looks like it's all a mess basically. Really, it's just, it really is. But it's all good comes from the foundation of scripture. Um, it's just founded in Romans eight twenty eight that says that God can work all things together for good to those that love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. So when we put God first in our life and make him our priority, he can turn our messes and the things that we go through and the difficulties that we face, he promises to turn them into good. So he promises they can all be good, um, conditioned on, you know, us loving him and following his way. So that's kind of a key way of like reframing how you look at your life or how you look at the world. Um, if you choose not to put God first and you choose to like just focus on making it yourself or, or your own way, it's not going to be all good. That's not a promise that's like, you know, unconditional it is a conditional promise. So um, I just want to reframe our thoughts so that we can kind of surrender to God and see how He's going to work things out.
0: Yeah. So it's an invitation, really. It's an invitation to when things are not all good, or we wonder why God is this happening to me, or why am I struggling in this way? Um, to, to 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 root ourselves back in Scripture, right, um, and to be able to say, okay, Lord, if I believe that you are that you are good, and I believe that your word is true, and that you do say that you work all things together for the good of those who love you, okay, I love you, Lord. Okay, so then it's like even if something doesn't feel great or positive in the moment, we can trust God's sovereignty to Mm -hmm. take even what the enemy meant for evil and use it Mm -hmm. for our good. How have you seen that play out in your own life, Heather? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, it's definitely played out in my own life. But like when you said even just what the enemy meant for evil, it just reminded me of Joseph, you know, um, what other his brothers meant for evil. God turned it around for good. Um, but it does like require us to look to Him and it's just not, you know, it's just not an automatic. And I think that's one of the parts that we've forgotten is, um, that we have a part to play in this conditional promise that God gives to us. So it's, it's just reframing our thinking to say that it is all good, um, rather than going down the trail of complaint or bitterness or griping or blame. Blame is an easy one these days, I don't know why, but it seems to be um, something that is almost like a knee-jerk reaction. If something happens, then you just blame something or someone, Um, but if you do that, unfortunately, It's just going to create a cycle in your life where you're going to have to relearn, you know, a lesson or relearn whatever you're going through until God gets you to the point where you trust in his sovereignty and trust in his um, care over your life. So I just want to reframe people's thinking to, okay, this is good. God will work it out for good. He is sovereign and he wants me to trust him and not respond in my flesh and not respond in my humanity to whatever's going on in my life right now.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, that's so good. And you talk about, Heather, that what a person thinks and feels matters more than we realize. So how does that like play into because I I, I don't disagree with you, but I want to hear more about that because I think, um, you know, often like what we feel like, I feel like my trials aren't good and yet I can I can be grounded in, like you're saying, reframe to see, okay, well, what does God's word say? So so walk us through why are our thoughts and feelings about something important, and how, does, how do we tie that back to the foundation of Scripture?
1: What we think and what we feel kind of determine what we do. Mm. So um, as we're thinking things and feeling things... We're also, you know, choosing what we're going to be doing as far as our actions are concerned. So if you've got this repeated loop in your mind that uh, maybe you're sick. Or maybe, um, you know, things are not working out good for you or whatever. You've got this this on repeat. Like, I always struggle with this or oh, I never can do this or whatever. Well, you're actually just programming your actions because we choose our actions based off of what we think and what we feel. And so you can't just uh, expect your body to respond with, you know, opposite actions than mm-hmm. what you're thinking. And so what we think, um, God says, uh, one of the key verses that I always fall back into whenever I get worried or whenever I get scared, and that is whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, noble, you know, think about those things. Don't think about whatever it is you might be worried about, if it's a bill or or if it's a health issue or something like that, just Get your mind back onto whatever is honorable, whatever is good, and your feelings are going to also, you know, catch up with what you're thinking, and um, then your actions are going to follow that as well. So um, it's just a, it's all, it's just a very common way to like um, kind of um, determine your actions is by getting your thoughts and your feelings lined up with what you want first, mm-hmm. and then your actions are going to follow after that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I love the way that it's all good. The devotional is laid out. It starts with scripture, right? Because that's what we need to fix our minds on uh, first. And then there is a a short um, devotional, and then it ends with a prayer. And it's just like a really beautiful, welcoming format, I think, just to really help us be intentional about our days and like like the subtitle says to embrace your now um and Heather you have some really fun titles to your devotions in the book like I was reading through and um friends here's just a few stuckness is not the new thing I love that emotional margin yes I need more of that don't be a squirrel (laughs) I'm like, oh my word, do you know me? Um, Touching a miracle. So I don't know, do you have a favorite, a favorite devotion or a favorite title that you can share more kind of like the behind the scenes about?
1: I love don't be a squirrel. Um, It actually came from my husband, because we have squirrels in our backyard that we feed um, corn to and we they just are so entertaining and they're so fun to watch. And so we're always watching our squirrels, but they are just darters. They will just dart from tree to tree and fence post and they're just crazy so you know one day he walked on. he was like you know one of your devotions should be don't be a squirrel because basically it's just you're it's just a waste of energy and focus when you're just going from thing to thing and you never take time to stop and be present and just focus on the moment that you're in right now Mm -hmm. um you know it's just something that our society isn't really conducive to helping us to slow down. And that's the point of that devotional is just to remind us to slow down and just be present because, um, you know, being present is so important. We miss out on so much of life because we're being like a squirrel and we're just darting and just, um, going from fence post to fence post, but then we've missed out on an entire day. Mm Um, like if you think, to some of your favorite memories, um, favorite experiences, some of the highlights. And that could be anything from like your wedding or birth of a child or a holiday or even something as um, small as going on a roller coaster. Anything where you know you were present because it was such an important moment in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, You had to be present in those moments that value the most. Because you can't have a moment that values the most if you're not present. If you're just going and and, and your focus is all over the place, that ends up being a forgotten moment. Mm. And so what I believe that God wants us to know is that we're valuable, that our lives are valuable, our time is valuable, our thoughts are valuable. And the moments that we're in right now are valuable. It's not just the wedding and it's not just... Um, you know, the the roller coaster ride or it's not just um, the special times that we have. Every single moment that we're in is worth valuing. But we can mm-hmm. only value it if we slow down and we're present. Because if we're not present, we will miss it. And um, I think one of the greatest gifts that you can give to another person, whether it's a family member or a friend or anyone even um, at the store, is that gift of being present. Because so mm-hmm. many people are just kind of giving you almost like a side eye. It's basically, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll answer your question, but then I'm also talking to so-and-so, or I'm also texting, or I'm also looking, or I'm also thinking about what I'm going to do next. And we have so few people who will just slow down and um, be present with us anymore, that it becomes yeah. a gift.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. I would love to know what you learned um, yourself about God or about, you know, intentional living as you were writing this book.
1: Mm, as well, I learned a lot as I was writing this book. Um, the probably the biggest thing, it was it was a wonderful thing. I absolutely loved research. It's what I do for my job. Um, so it was really great to research and read all of the experts, you know, that have done that have spent a lifetime on these topics of trauma and um, presence, there's just so many great experts out there. And I do try to footnote them all, um, a lot of them, so that if people are interested, they can you know, then go check out that book and just read in more depth. But I think for me personally, the thing that I treasure the most from what I learned about this book and the research for this book is the importance of not labeling our emotions as good or bad or Mm. our vibes as good or bad. Um, I just had a complete mindset change going through the research because, you know, we we definitely do label like high vibes or my vibe tribe or that person's too low vibe for me. And we kind of that's actually just really a nice way of judging other people. It, mm. It's just a nice way of saying it. But um, one the biggest thing I learned is that we need our low vibes and we need our whole range of emotion you can't just live in the high vibes and you can't just live in the happiness and all of that because that's not reality so if you do try to live there what you're doing is you're actually discarding or stuffing the low vibes and the sadness or um, the disappointment that -hmm. you have you're just stuffing it because you're trying to be a high vibe person but we're human of all emotions made up of all emotions and so um we have to feel the low vibes too. We have to acknowledge them. If we don't, they do get stuck in our body. I did a lot of research on medical science, what doctors have learned about how emotions can get stuck in your body, lead to sickness, um even cancers, lots of terrible things. And so when we don't allow ourselves whether because we're being Christian or we're just trying to be a positive thinker, um to go into those times of grief or frustration and allow ourselves to have them and not judge them, um, then we can end up with all sorts of different physical ailments and stuff. So I was with my um, grandsons last night. They're five years old, and we were talking through a disappointment So we had this like reward system set up that was super fun. And I'm a grandma. So, of course, I'm spoiling them. It was a Mm -hmm. little bit much, you know. So I was asked to scale back and not (laughs) spoil them so much by, you know, their mom, which is understandable. But, you know, they were disappointed. I was disappointed. You know, so we sat there for like 15 minutes and they're five years old. But we literally just sat in the playroom and I said, well, we could play with them you know, my rewards, my, I I'm called bubbles. I'm, we could play with bubbles rewards here. We can make them. We don't want them as toys. We want them as rewards. And I'm trying to find Mm. a solution. At the end of the day, we just sat there and they kept on saying, I'm just so disappointed. Mm. And I was just, you know, you know what I am too. I'm disappointed too. Because, uh, if we don't acknowledge that disappointment or frustration and just say, nope, you know, we just should find something else to do and we should just play something else. That's, that's what we normally do with our own adult lives. If something happens, we just kind of, it's called like distraction. We mm-hmm. try to distract ourselves out of the sadness or distract ourselves out of a difficult relationship or conversation. Um, but actually that just stuffs the emotions and keeps us stuck in that emotional loop um, where it then manifests in our body. So taking 15 minutes, it's not long. You just even five minutes and just say, you know what? What happened to me today was 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 bad. It was sad. Um, or that conversation I had with that person at work, it was unfair. Um, and I feel terrible about it. And just being okay with that. You don't mm-hmm. have to be perfect Christian that never feels bad because um, it's not real. Yeah. hmm
0: Yeah. And, you know, as you're talking, Heather... I just think of the wide range of emotions we saw Jesus himself uh, live through and exemplify I mean, Jesus got angry. He flipped over those tables in the temple courts when he saw injustice in his father's house mm-hmm. and he wept alongside Mary and Martha when Lazarus mm-hmm. died and he gathered with friends at weddings and around tables and he rejoiced. And so I think there's, there is, there's so much freedom to to realize that, yeah, I like that, like, there's not good or bad emotions. There's, there's being human. And there is then taking those emotions before the Lord and saying, God, would you help me to process this in a healthy way? Would you, Mm -hmm. would you, as as I make space and and, and honor my grief or my disappointment, would you come and be be present with me in that? And Mm -hmm. then, um, I think we can em- embrace our now by remembering that like, okay, even in this, God is good and He is working in my life. So, Yeah, in uh, fact,
1: that's one reason why we don't embrace our now is because we are trying to distract ourselves from any pain that we don't want to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to distract ourselves from any disappointment that we don't want to acknowledge. And so we stay on our phones or we stay glued to social media or, or we just stay busy with kids and families. Um but all of that manifests later. It will all manifest later in your body, in your relationships, in what you say, what you think about yourself. And the fun—I guess—the funny thing I learned that um, seemed seemed a little bit funny to me because it's like you think it's a big deal, but it only takes like two to three minutes to process these emotions if mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to be honest, like just process them and then be like. And, and processing them is simply admitting that you have them, and that you have mm-hmm. every right to have them. There's no judgment. There's no judgment at all. It's it's how you feel, and you have every right to feel that way. And then it's like, it's, it's much more simple. I guess that's the funny thing, is it's much more simple than we, I guess, think it is. Um, and we end up making it so difficult by trying to distract ourselves out of it. Yeah, it does hurt or it does feel disappointing or it does feel whatever that emotion is we're trying to avoid, um, but it's it's not very long. It's mm-hmm. It's just a short amount of time to just acknowledge that and truly allow yourself to have it and then move on. And then you can be present because you're not trying to avoid and distract yeah. yourself all the time with TV and all of the different things that we do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, friends, if you want some support and encouragement in embracing your now and really being present in your life, um, understanding, you know, some of these things that Heather's talking about, how to make space for your emotions and ultimately to be able to say, like, with, with sincerity, like it is all good because God is good. Um, then I just want to encourage you to pick up your copy of Heather Hare's, um, new book. It's all good. 90 devotions to embrace your now. You can get it of course, um, from our friends at dayspring.com. It's also available wherever uh, books are sold. So Heather, what's one final word of encouragement you would want to leave with our listeners?
1: I just want everyone to kind of just slow down a little bit and just be um, grateful for what you can in the moment, even if it's one thing. Gratitude is the, you know, secret to living a life of joy. So that would be my one takeaway. Just slow down
0: and be grateful for whatever you can. Mm, That is a good word. Thank you for being here today. Thanks. The Encourage podcast is brought to you by Dayspring. For over 50 years, Dayspring has created quality cards, books, and gifts that help you live your faith. Find out more at dayspring.com.